Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Steel Town Sleepers with Chris the Magic Mandel and myself, Tony Squares. We are a member of the North Shore Drive podcast family presented by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and we are on the at PG Sports Now YouTube channel, diving into fantasy football every single week, giving you winners, giving answering your start sick questions, talking about the Steelers themselves, figuring out what to do with that offense in your fantasy football needs and winning you your fantasy football week after week after week. Dell, my friend, we finally made it the uh, the quarter mark of the NFL season. Four games every team has played, and now we're hitting bye weeks. Now we're getting into the nitty-gritty. you got to go fishing. Go find some guys. Get your bench players ready because we are starting a lot of players. It's time. Bye weeks are where the, where the money is made. Am I right? It's time to make the trades. It's time to hit the waiver wire even harder than ever. Uh, it's time to get rid of our preseason draft day priors. You know, look, if you're one and three, if you're 0 and four, it's definitely not too late to make a comeback, no. uh, make a couple trades, shake some things up in your starting lineup. And the season is far from over. We have 13 weeks of the fantasy regular season. I've had teams in the past where I was 4 and 0 and didn't make the playoffs, and I've had other teams where I was 0 and 4 and I wound up winning the league. So you never know what can happen. Don't lose faith. I would say number one lesson heading into week five is keep the faith, my friends, because it's far from over in fantasy right now. Oh, I got to tell you, if you have any Steelers on your team like I do, it's going to be hard for them to keep the faith right now because that offense has been stagnant at best and now could be missing Kenny Pickett. We could be seeing Mitch Trubisky coming in, throwing against the Baltimore, a Baltimore defense that has been really, really good. It's a big game this week for them, man. Not only divisional, you're looking at the playoffs, but it's also like in-house. The house seems to be burning down a little bit. Mike Tomlin is deflecting things that uh, when he's talking to the media, he's saying there's going to be big changes being made. And then the next day he says there's no changes coming on the offensive coordinator position. So what exactly is going on if Pittsburgh looks faulty here? And again, could be Mitch Trubisky. If Pittsburgh looks bad here, there could be a lot of fire going on in Pittsburgh, whether it's fantasy or team related. So there's a big deal. My friend, how do you see this attacking this from a fantasy football perspective? Are you looking at a spot start for Mitch Trubisky? Are you looking Najee Harris coming out saying the team is playing soft? Like, are you looking for a Najee Harris bounce back game? George Pickens has just been gone. He's disappeared. What? And of course, Pat Frymuth could be down for this game as well. What's going on in your mind from a fantasy angle? on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, well, we had the report yesterday at uh, post-gazette.com that Kenny Pickett says he's going to play, says he's good to go. Mm. Uh, the news came out earlier in the week that they said he'd be fine, and a lot of people wondered what that meant. Would he be out a couple weeks? Would he be out a month? Because when he went down in week four, people bad. thought the season was over for, for yeah. Pickett. The way that that, that that play looked right there, and, and obviously the controversy of who calls a drop back like that on a fourth and one when you're – signature style is ground and pound no matter how effective that is so that's been a cause of controversy all week as well but I think when you got to look at this for fantasy purposes you're probably not starting Kenny Pickett uh you probably weren't starting him at least after the first couple weeks of the season and look in a dynasty league I still think there is some prospects around him Najee Harris surprisingly 
you know, the box scores haven't looked great. But if you look at his efficiency metrics, they've actually been better uh, than previous seasons in his career. He's quietly having one of the be- better seasons efficiency-wise mm. on the ground that he's had as a Steeler. But, again, it's not showing up in the box score. So, to me, uh, you know, Friar Muth, he's going to be out this weekend. Yep. Uh, he's doubtful right now, so it's not 100% official. But, uh, Brian, back to our Steelers reporter. One of our Steelers reporters had the report yesterday that they're looking to use rookie tight end Darno Washington, who's a, a massive man, a I might giant say, human being, potentially in that Friar Muth type of role. Now, look, last year we knew what the Friar Muth role was. This year, the Friar Muth role isn't the same. He wasn't really producing or getting the amount of targets so far in 2023. So I think that you look at optimistically, who can I take a flyer on, stash at the end of my bench? Darno oh, Washington is that guy to me. Uh, and I still think that Deontay, if you have an IR spot uh, or even just an extra bench spot at the end, he's worth stashing. George Pickens obviously is a buy low candidate at this point because you're not going to get much trying to trade him away. But well, maybe- well, Chris, Chris, can we talk about Pickens for a second? You know, he's been my favorite player. You know, I've drafted him everywhere, but Pickens this week in particular, if you're looking for a Steelers player to throw, you know, all, uh, throw, throw all your hopes and dreams on to, I mean, what Baltimore has done versus receivers over the first four games of the season, they've let up some pretty big games. Robert Woods and Nico Collins had really big games in week one. T. Higgins had a huge game in week two against Baltimore. Michael Pittman and Josh Downs, really big games in week three against Baltimore. And then last year, obviously, since uh, Cleveland didn't really have a quarterback, so that game I'm not really going to count too much. I'm just saying these wide receivers could be open. They have been open against Baltimore. If it is picket, if it is a, a, a hobbled picket, so to speak, not a lot of mobility there. Do you think Pickens has any chance of saving my fantasy team and having a, having a day like some of these other receivers have had against this Baltimore D? Yeah, you, you can't be that confident right now starting any pass catchers on the Steelers offense. It's an unfortunate thing, but and I, I think, you know, Jalen Warren to me is the one guy that I would feel comfortable starting because they're going to be trailing a lot. You know, Kenny Pickett's not going to be 100%, at least not just yet. And look at their upcoming schedule after Baltimore. You have the Rams uh, in week uh, after the bye. You have them coming up in week seven. Then you have Jaguars, Titans, Packers, Browns, and Bengals. So you don't have any of those cakewalk matchups like you did against the Raiders earlier this season. So if they're going to be trailing, if Pickett's not going to be 100%, what's he going to do? He's going to look to dump down for those easy passes. And we know out of anything that Jalen Warren is the running back catching passes in this offense. So to me, I think Jalen Warren actually has increased in value, even though Najee looked good in week in week four, Jalen Warren still had just as many fantasy points because of those PPR catches. So Pickens, you know, you don't feel super comfortable starting him right now. I'm not going to sell him for pennies on the dollar, but that's to me how I see it is Darnell Washington, sneaky stash on your bench. Jalen Warren is, it could be worth a flex uh, start now. And, and Pickens, you might kind of just have to wait and see because, you know, we don't know what Kenny Pickett's going to look like just yet. I will say I don't have uh, the stats in front of me, but I'm pretty sure Jalen Warren leads the league in receptions on third and long. The only problem is those receptions are behind the line of scrimmage and he has to make seven guys miss to gain a yard. But he gets a lot of catches in those situations. Thanks again, Matt Candle. Let's move on to the grander scheme of the NFL because as you said we got a lot of Steelers that we're not excited about playing in our fantasy squad so let's find some dudes that we are excited about playing in our fantasy squads we'll go position by position give you a couple of guys that you can count on again 
these guys aren't going to be the Pat Mahomes of the world. We know you're starting Josh Allen, okay? We're trying to find you guys, especially in the bye weeks now, that you might have on your bench and you might be deciding between one or two names. This is the guy you want to either go with or this is the guy you want to stay away from. Let's start out at the quarterback position, Dell. Uh, I'm excited to see who you give out here. This is also where you're going to give out your sleeper of the week. And last last week, you nailed the sleeper of the week. It was C.J. Stroud again, and he continues his dominant run towards a rookie of the year campaign. But what's QB1 in Dell's mind? Well, uh, I'm actually going to go to a couple guys I'm lower on this week, Tony, because oh, you, know, okay. you, know, you know I'm always about my guy, Anthony Richards, said if you got him, you're starting no matter what. And I think Stroud's in that conversation now as well. Mm. Uh, you know, a game with a high point total where I'm not so sure if one, at least one of the teams going to get there is Jacksonville against the Buffalo Bills. And Trevor Lawrence, I'm pretty down on compared to the rest of the industry right now. Von Miller might be coming back. And, and this defense has played very well now. Uh, through four weeks of regular season football. Buffalo's uh, graded uh, number uh, number three overall in terms of their secondary coverage, uh, in terms of defending opposing offenses here through the air by PFF. So mm-hmm. that's one thing I'm looking at. The pass rush is playing well if they do get Von Miller back. Here's another thing to consider, too, is that we've seen success uh, in teams playing in London games of, of teams who actually show up to London later than teams who show up earlier in the week with all the distractions going on. And keep in mind that Jacksonville is now going to be in London for two straight weeks with back-to-back games there. They're staying in a different city, in a different hotel, playing in a different stadium. This is one of those extended two-week vacations. But by the end of it, you don't even want to be in a hotel anymore. You want to be in the comforts of your own home and bed. So I'm worried that Jacksonville has already been struggling. Now they play a much better defense than they faced in Atlanta uh, last week. So for me, you know, Trevor Lawrence – you know, if you've got better options than him, I, I've got him right in the middle. QB 15 this week, that's five spots below the rest of the industry. Other rankers mm-hmm. have that QB 10, so I'm considerably lower on Lawrence for week five. Dell, I I almost double-dipped, my friend. I had Trevor on my short list, but I crossed him off because I – I, I sold Trevor last week. I thought Trevor last week was going to be a bust. He ended up QB 16, so I was pretty right on the money there. And I'm right there with you. That Jack, You're absolutely right when you're talking about the Buffalo defense, but also that Jacksonville offense, to me, it's just not as exciting as we thought it was going to be in the season. So I'm with you on Trev. I'm going to give you another sell. I'm going to give you a guy that I've fallen in love with, a guy that I've talked about on this show. I was the first person on this show to mention his name and say, you got to start buying this guy. And as Dell said, he's an auto start next to Anthony Richardson and it's C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud has been excellent. I think he's having a wonderful season, and it's it's dumb to count him out. But this week in particular, this Atlanta defense is very, very good, especially against the pass. And it's that's not a team that you 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 have in your mind to say, oh yeah, Atlanta's a good defense. Throw those old thoughts away. Atlanta's defense is here to stay, especially against the pass. In four games already, they only have one quarterback that's thrown for over 210 yards against them, and it was Jared Goff, who threw for 240. This team likes to it plays the pass so well and keeps keeps teams in front of them, doesn't allow big plays. The only reason Trevor Lawrence ended up QB 16 last week is because he had eight rushes on the ground for 42 yards. I don't think CJ is going to be able to do that against them. CJ, again, has been an awesome, awesome player. I think Houston's going to struggle. I think it's a low-scoring game here. I like the Atlanta defense to keep CJ Stroud down. If you have him, you're probably playing him because he probably was drafted as your backup and you need him to replace a Kirk Cousins right now. I get it. I would try my best to stay away from CJ Stroud this week. That's just me. And I love the guy. I love the guy. This hurts to say this, but you got you to you put bias aside, Dell. You got to put your heart aside uh, and, and focus on the numbers here. I'm selling CJ Stroud. But who's your QB2, my friend? 
Yeah, I'm with you on the pace to play and that with that Falcons matchup for CJ Stroud. The, the, the play volume, we talked about it last week, and Lawrence is going to be down. And like you said, Trevor Lawrence, QB 16. QB 16 is not really doing much for you week yeah. to week in fantasy football. So a, another guy I'm down on, and and, and look, I, I, I don't think his team's going to play bad. I don't think he's necessarily going to play bad, but it's Jared Goff of the Detroit Lions. Now, look, Carolina has the one of the worst run defenses in the entire yeah. league, and we know – if the Lions know they can take advantage of an opposing ground game, <laughs> they what do they will. do? They give Dave Montgomery 79 carries a game. I mean, come on. Like, the guy had 34 touches on his short week, coming back from a multi-week absence from his injury. <laughs> Just unbelievable. You know, Jameer Gibbs, I guess that's a pipe dream because I don't know when we're going to see double-digit touches out of him on a consistent basis for I mean, these double-digit fantasy points. Any Anytime you can draft a guy in the first round and only give him, like, single-digit touches a game, you have to do it, right? Let's not, I mean, look what they did with DeAndre Swift. They complained about him for like three straight years on end. He was in the doghouse. He was out of the doghouse. Then they sell him for peanuts to Philly, yep. and they essentially draft his clone. And and with first-round draft capital, Gibbs was projected to be like a second-round pick, and now they're not even using him. So let's not get started on the personnel decision-making in Detroit. But I think Jared Goff, just in this matchup alone, Carolina's secondary is actually pretty darn good. Look at, look at what they did against Kirk Cousins recently. They held him to his first down game of the season. They had a pick six off him as well. Yeah. They've got some talented playmakers with their pass rush and their, and their defensive back. So where you take advantage of them is on the ground. Again, the Lions here are at home. So I think they run all over the Panthers. I, I, I've got a couple wagers myself on Dave Montgomery over his rushing yards. But I think that in turn is going to allow Jared Goff to not really have to do that much through the air. I think the pass attempts will be down. And that means you. the chances for passing touchdowns will be down as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm with you. We've given out three cells so far, so let me give you a buy, okay? And this is a guy who I think is going to do pretty well, even though matchup on paper doesn't look too well. But this team, I'm looking at game script here. I think his, I think this guy's going to be down early, and I think he's going to have a great player back with him, and he's going to be able to throw on this team that has allowed QBs to throw on them in the past, at three of the past four weeks, and that's Matt Stafford versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I love Philadelphia. I think that defensive line for Philly really – makes it difficult for things to happen in Los Angeles. So I'm a little bit worried about Matt Stafford staying upright. But should he stay upright, the addition of Cooper Cup potentially back in this game, Puka Nakua, best rookie wide receiver the world's ever seen. Uh, Tutu Atwell still doing things like this. Passing offense and Sean McVay's brain behind it is is really intelligent and doing a lot of good things here. And Philly has let guys look, you know, really, really good. Mac Jones at his best uh, week of the year so far. Kirk Cousins had over 350 yards. Sam Howell looked really good minus the sacks last week. And I hate Sam Howell. You guys know that. But I'm really in on Matt Stafford this week. And if if you got a guy like C.J. Stroud, Trevor Lawrence, I'm looking at starting Stafford over them. I really am. And I know that's going to get me in trouble in some places, but that's what I'm picking. Stafford's my guy. Dell, sleeper of the week coming from the quarterback position. Who is it? He is the cover boy of my week five fantasy rankings. And it's it's uh it's a feel-good story, Tony, in the NFL overall. Let's just say that. I actually dropped Dak Prescott to pick him up in wow. one of my leagues, and it's Sir Robert Joshua Dobbs. 
I love me some Josh Dobbs now and for the rest of the season, as long as he has the starting quarterback job with Arizona, this was supposed to be a tanking team. And look, they're fighting, man. Like they're trying hard in these games. We were all laughing our asses off at coach Gannon with those awkward clips during the preseason. But these guys are obviously responding to that. They're playing together. I mean, look, look what Dobbs is doing. Like he goes viral on social media because he he walks into the Cardinal store, tries to buy his own Jersey. They don't even have one tries to customize it. They don't even have his name. It's customized the Jersey with Uh, the guys visiting high school football cheer or Cardinals cheerleaders that suffer from the same hair loss deficiency that he's had. I mean, the list goes on and on. This guy's like a freaking saint right now. And what I love about him, Tony, you know me, I'm a sucker for a rushing quarterback. Josh yeah. Jobs is running the football, man. Yeah, he he's is. running the football, and he's got some decent weapons. Marquise Brown is fully healthy. The rookie, Michael Wilson, we'll talk about him in a little bit. He popped uh, off. I love Michael that. Wilson. Multiple touchdowns. He's a big-bodied receiver. Actually, a great compliment on the opposite side of the field to Marquise Brown yeah. as well. If they can never figure out what to do with Rondell Moore, maybe make him a hybrid running back. That could add another explosive element into the mix here for Arizona. So, I I think they figured out what to do with Rondell Moore, and that's leave him on the sideline, but that's just me. I think you should play running back, personally, but that's another story for another day. But, I mean, look, this Bengals defense, you know me, uh, I'm always a proponent of the Bengals here, but they have shown us nothing outside of that lone island game of Monday Night Football against the Rams. They've been terrible. They let Derrick Henry run all over them last week. So I'm not saying the Bengals are going to win or the Cardinals are going to play bad, vice versa. If you look at through four weeks, this should probably be a pretty competitive game. But Josh Dobbs, the running, the passing efficiency, that's enough for me. Well, I've got him at QB 10 in my Let's rankings go. right now. I cut Dak Prescott for Josh Dobbs, Tony, and I feel great about it. Let's go. I actually just picked up Josh Dobbs in a very deep league, and I'm very happy about it. But let's move on now to the running back position, Dell. I want to talk about some of these dudes. These are the lifeblood of your team, my friend. And, you know, we're not talking about Najee Harris here. So let's talk about some names that we want to dive into because I have a sell that I think is going to make you mad at me. It's going to make you personally mad at me, but I just don't believe it's going to happen. But you go first, my friend. This is where your bust of the week is coming from, too, at the end of this. So I'm excited to see who you're going on. We haven't liked a lot of people so far. Let's let's get some guys we want to like here. Who's your first RB you want to talk about? Well, yeah. My, I've got two of my three guys are sell. So let's start off with the buy. I, I said I was marrying him last week, and we've, we've had a great honeymoon so far, Tony. I'll tell you that much. It's Kyron Williams, man. The guy oh, is, no. is top five, top ten in every single workload metric you can look at. He's top ten in carries per game, top ten in rushing yards per game. When you look at running back receptions overall, he's also in that mix too. So Kyron Williams, look, he's third overall in the league in running back targets, only behind Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders so far. Uh, When Sean McVay falls in love, he falls in love hard. And when he falls in love with a running back, that means he's given that running back 30-plus touches a game. And that's what he's doing week in and week out with Kyron Williams. So I expect a lot of dump down passes. I expect all the goal line touches, all the two-minute drill touches. So for me, I just don't understand why Kyron Williams is like a borderline top 12 top 13 options so far when he's clearly shown us he's putting up top five workload numbers and top five fantasy points per game. So I've got him as my running back four. I don't, I really don't think it's a stretch, but compared to the rest of the industry right now, it is a little bit of a stretch. Dell, um, this is not a joke. This is not, I can show you my little notepad here. This is not a joke. The guy I'm selling is Kyron Williams. And I, 
I really like Kyron Williams. I really like the, this Los Angeles team. They're feisty. They're a lot of fun. I think this is Sean McVay's best coaching job he's ever done. I'm I, I love watching this team play. They are feisty. And Kyron Williams, you're absolutely right. You want volume from the running back position. You are yearning for volume, and he has it. He might be the the biggest volume running back in the league right now, next to Zach Moss, who won't be on the field anymore. Kyron Williams has been destroying things, but this Philadelphia team, Chris, and an offensive line that has already beaten up in Los Angeles. Let me just read off the past four running back games versus Philadelphia this year. The combination of Ramondre and Ezekiel Elliott was 19 rushes for 54 yards. Alexander Madison, eight rushes for 28 yards. 14 rushes for 38 yards by Rashad White. And Brian Robinson had 14 rushes for 45 yards. And the lone touchdown they've given up on the ground. Add that all together. That's an awful. You could give all of those carries to 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 uh, your boy Kyron Williams in this game. All eighty of those carries, and it's still not a good RB number at the end of the day. I think the the uh, Philly gives up some stuff in the receiving game and the running backs, but it's not even enough for me to sniff at this. I don't like it. It's going to be a lot of volume, but we saw Joe Mixon get a lot of volume last week, and he ended up what the RB twenty three. Like I just think that's what you're going to end up with. Not a lot of juice on the vine. I'm selling Kyron. So we are head to head on this one, my friend. Let's do it. I mean, I, I I hear the points there. What I will say is Rashad White. I mean, that's kind of out of the tier here. We're talking about, but. Ramondre and Zeke, if you combine their numbers, the targets they got, I mean, these are pretty bad offenses we're talking about. I have a lot more faith in McVay and the Rams offense than I do with the Bucks, with the Patriots. A thousand, and a thousand percent, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's that's my glimmer. I hope is the targets there potentially for him. Uh, I'm going to go into a, a guy that I'm down on. You mentioned you actually mentioned both of them when you were given the bull. Uh, the, the are you finally out on Alexander Madison? I'm finally fading Alexander Madison. Yes. It's yes. It's about that time. Look, they brought in Cam Akers. I will say this. I believe that Madison will finish the year with more touches than Cam Akers on a per-game basis. But I also do think it'll be close. I think that it'll be more of like that typical 55-45% split. I think Madison will still control the running back targets. But the problem is in this game – is that the Chiefs' defense has actually been pretty darn good this year, yeah. quietly, even though some of the opponents they face haven't been so great. So, look, when it comes to the goal line, we saw Cam Akers get multiple goal line snaps last week for the Vikings. I don't know how much they're going to be at the goal line in this game because I expect most of their success offensively is going to come through the air. So, for me, that just all goes to show that Alexander Madison, look, I think he could be a solid flex option for you. But in the grand scheme of things, I've got him as my RB27. Industry has him as RB21. So I think he could be a flex if you need it. But I'm concerned about the efficiency, the lack of touches. And then, again, like a sneaky tough matchup here against Kansas City. Just to put things in perspective uh, with the Kansas City defense overall, uh, they are pretty good in terms of their pass rush so far. And the Vikings overall has shown a little bit of propensity to let Kirk Cousins get blitzed in the backfield. So even if he does try to dump down, I don't know how much time he's going to have in this yeah. matchup here. So I, I definitely am fading Madison a little bit this week. I'm very happy to hear you finally came to my side of the aisle here with, with selling Alexander Madison. You were big on him for a long, long time, my friend. I know that was big for you. You've made made a, you've grown today, and I'm proud of you, Chris. Uh, I'm going to talk about a running back that you've also already brought up, and this is a buy for me. And this is a you know keep the good train rolling buy. This is this is a guy that you probably drafted somewhere fifth, sixth, seventh round. You're like, I don't understand how this keeps happening, and I think it's going to keep happening. 
It's David Montgomery. <laughs> the, the, the damn Detroit Lions, Dell. They don't stop running the ball, as you said. And as, as you also said, the Carolina Panthers' defense is horrendous against the run. The first three games that they had this year, the Carolina Panthers gave up two touchdowns to a running back in each of their first three games. The only one to not do it was last week was Alexander Madison, but he still had 97 yards rushing, just didn't get to the end zone twice. Like, they don't stop running the ball. They allow you to run it. I don't know where Derek Brown rent. I think he's one of the best D tackles in the league. He, he, you can blow right by them now. And I think multiple touchdowns, multiple rushing attempts. Detroit puts up a big number here. I'm all aboard David Montgomery train. If you have him, don't even think about it. Put him in that RB one slot and you'll be happier for it. Dell the bust of the week from the running back position. I will say, I think there's a lot of running backs this week that are going to have pretty big games. I love both of the Miami running backs. I don't care which one you have. I think you start in both of them. I love yeah. Travis Etienne against that Buffalo team. As you said, we don't like what Trevor Lawrence and the passing offense can do. I think Travis Etienne can have some fun against Buffalo. But what do you think uh, you have a bust down here for the running back position? Who, who, do you, who are you not buying? Uh, yeah, it's, it's from Andre Stevenson from New England. I'm, pr- I'm pretty low on him this week compared to consensus. I've got him as RB26, consensus as an RB22 this week. So if you've got two other better running backs or in that yeah. fringe range where you're signing to start and set, I'm probably fading Stevenson more often than not. The New Orleans Saints run defense has been pretty legit this year. They're number six overall in run stopping rate according to PFF. They're number four overall in ESPN's run stop win rate metric as well. And when you look at the New England Patriots, on the other hand, they're 20th in PFF run blocking grade, so they just haven't been able to open up holes. I mean, yeah. look, like Ramondre is still the starter. That BS report that came out last Sunday morning that Zeke Elliott's going to get starter snaps. And he didn't even start the, I mean, come on, guys. What are we doing here? So uh, I'm not trusting – I'm sure as hell not trusting Zeke, but I'm definitely not trusting Ramondre either. He's dropping passes. He just doesn't look right. This whole offense doesn't look right. Will Mac Jones get benched again? Who knows? But – Again, like Ramondre Stevenson, to me, it's just more of fading the Patriots offense in a tough matchup overall. I could see this game being like decided 10 to 7 at the end of things because both these offenses mm. are looking really bad right now. Yeah, I'm with you on Ramondre. I actually, uh, in our uh, uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette Fantasy Football League that you and I are both in with a bunch of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette writers and editors and all the other fun people there, um, I went with a hero RB strategy. And where you draft one running back and then you don't pay attention to running back till the end of the uh, end of the draft. And I, I thought I came away with a really good team, except that hero RB is Ramondre. And it's <laughs> it's been it. There's a reason I'm one and three in that league. Uh, let's move on to the wide receiver position, Dell. This is a very interesting position. Uh, we all I mean, we keep on talking about we're selling a lot of quarterbacks. We think there's a lot of low scoring games this week. A lot of good defenses doesn't help that a lot of good offenses are on a buy. So I'm interested to see what our wide receivers are, because I got three guys that I'm thinking about buying this week. Uh, who's the wide receiver one you want to talk about? Yeah, um, uh, there's first of all, I will say that last week there, there was there was quite a few surprises. I mean, Debo Samuel had a goose egg. When's the last time, if ever, we could say that about him? Jordan Addison, who'd been rising every single week in snaps, routes, uses, usage. I liked him last week. I thought he was yeah. a sleeper. Had a goose egg as well, which kind of points me more to being confident in Carolina's secondary than anything else. But mm-hmm. game script played a part in that too. So. I'm not going to run and panic on these guys. Like, I'm not selling Addison. I'm not selling Debo for pennies on the dollar. The wide receiver position in fantasy is the most volatile week to week. Mm-hmm. Even the elite options come away some weeks with four catches for 40 yards and don't necessarily get there for you. But when they do go off, you want to make sure you've got them in your lineup. So you got to live with the volatility here. 
And I, and I will say on certain guys like that, I, I think Debo Samuel uh, is in line for a, a big a big bounce back game here. He's not going to be one of my top loves because I do think him and Ayuk are both in that similar category. But one guy who's been pretty – people have been pretty down on so far this year is DeAndre Hopkins. I actually do like the veteran D-Hop quite a bit. I had D-Hop. You got – no way. I had D-Hop. Yeah, it's one of my three guys. Let's go. I like yeah, it. DeAndre Hopkins, look, man, like – the volume isn't always going to be there for him because this team simply doesn't drop back to pass enough, but it's looking like Traylon Burks is going to be out again. Mm -hmm. There was a play last week. DeAndre Hopkins had like a finger away from getting a 40 yard touchdown catch. Uh, there was another play on a flea flicker where he could have got another 30, 40 yards. So the big plays were there. You can't just look at the final box score numbers. And now he's coming off, I believe, two straight full weeks of not being limited in practice. So yep. uh, this Colts secondary is one of the true pass funnels in the league. The Titans are as well on the other side of things here. So I think both these teams will have some success throwing the ball. The Titans are on the road. I don't think they're going to be able to give the ball to Derrick Henry 25 times uh, uh, in, like they did last week against the yep. Bengals. So for me, D-Hop, I've got him as my wide receiver 22. I'm comfortable putting in as my second receiver as a strong flex option here in week five. I mean, they, uh, um, yeah, the, the Colts this year have already given up a bunch of big, big games to a bunch of wide receivers. The only real game that they shut people down was against Baltimore, but that was a weird game altogether. But yeah, Indy, uh, Indy, three of those four games gives up some big numbers. And I had D hop as one of my three guys. So I guess I'll go with my other one. And this one I was scared to say, cause usually the Patriots take away what you do best, and I don't know if New Orleans does anything best, but my opinion, Chris Olave was one of those guys that had a really bad day, really bad, no good day. Uh, and I think he just comes back to a prominence here. This New England secondary is losing people left and right when it comes to injury. Christian Gonzalez is probably out for the year now. It was, was a DPO, uh, defensive rookie of the year candidate out of New England. And now we have New Orleans, uh, I don't know if, Derek Carr's arm is attached to his body. I don't know why Jameis Winston didn't start, but I do believe it's going to get better with time, and Olave should be able to eat against this secondary. New England just made a trade to get J.C. Jackson back from the Los Angeles Chargers. He used to be there. J.C. Jackson was a healthy scratch for Los Angeles, and Los Angeles is a bad defense, and J.C. Jackson couldn't sniff a starting role there. And New England said, that's our savior. Bring him over. We need his help. So I'm worried about this New England de defense. Belichick is worried about this New England defense to be making these moves at this point of the season. So I think Olave is going to be the beneficiary here. I'm saying you got mad at him last week. He might have cost you a win in fantasy. I think this week he gives you that win back. I'm all aboard the Olave train. Uh, Dell, who's wide receiver too? And please don't take my other guy because I only wrote down three names. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look. This is a guy I've been down on for consecutive weeks, I think for good reason. We finally mm. saw the glimmer of hope for some optimism last week, and uh, it, it was the wrong week to be down on him, I will say, and that's Garrett Wilson with the New York mm. Jets. I mean, this is as good of a matchup as you're ever going to get this season against the Denver Broncos team that, look, yes, they scored a touchdown against the Bears uh, last week, which got them through as a fantasy defense, however – uh, th this isn't the same type of matchup here where Zach Wilson, if, if Justin Fields can do it, then Zach Wilson can do it too. And he, he's going to have some success throwing through the air. We saw him gain some confidence in week four. Garrett Wilson, he's just an elite talent that commands targets at an elite level overall. So look, one of the best matchups on paper. We're coming off now four straight weeks. Every game this season, Garrett Wilson has increased his targets 
five in week one, eight in week two, nine in week three, 14 targets, nine catches in week four. So look, the yards, they're not that high yet. And the touchdowns haven't been there since week two either, but we know that he's going to be the go-to red zone threat for the Jets. And this is, again, just a fantastic matchup. So I'm slightly higher on Garrett Wilson compared to consensus. When you look at the overall fantasy rank, the Broncos are dead last in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receiver. On average, individual receivers score four points more on a weekly basis against this Broncos team. That's a 13% increase week to week. So I'm all about locking in Garrett Wilson into your starting lineups this week. I'm surprised it took us this long to name a Jet on this uh, on this fantasy show because I'm right there with you. The Jet, it's an ugly offense, but I cannot stress this enough. If you guys don't know, listening or watching right now, what DVOA is, it's a stat that was sort of created in the past few years. An advanced statistic brings a bunch of numbers together and goes through the past and figures out who was the best at certain points in time. You know, it's like war for baseball or, or any of those other advanced metrics. DVOA uh, calculates defenses for the last 100 years of the NFL. And through the first four games of the season, no defense in the history of the NFL has a worse DVOA than your Denver Broncos. I think if you have a team, even if it is Zach Wilson, and you got guys that are playing against Denver, they're must-starts. They are must-starts. We made Justin Fields look like a a, a number one overall pick for the first three quarters of that Denver game. I just think... Anyone can eat against Denver. And again, Garrett Wilson, great pick by you. I couldn't do it, but he was he was definitely thought about. Denver's defense stinks, and Vance Joseph should be ashamed of himself. The wide receiver I'm going to give before you give your stash of the week at the wide receiver position. And this is a little bit weird because I told you to sell C.J. Stroud, but I think I'm just going off of an inkling here. I think I'm going off of uh, looking at the past few games that uh, – that uh, look looking at the past few games um, – <laughs> that Atlanta has has played, I think there's a prototype of a wide receiver that can get them. And it's a guy that patrols the middle of the field that occasionally goes deep ball and is not necessarily the big-bodied receiver, but more the smaller, quicker guy. I think Amon Ross St. Brown and Christian Kirk, I think you're going to get that out of Tank Dell in this game. So if you're looking at some wide receivers, maybe your wide receiver three, maybe your flex position, maybe you got some bye week guys, some injury guys, you need a guy you need to go sniff out. I do think Tank Dell has a fun little game here because – Atlanta has been prone to giving up those middle of the field, little shifty routes to those big guys. And I think Tankdale fits that mold of a Christian Kirk. So I'm excited to see if Tankdale can be the outlet for CJ Stroud. Cause I still believe in the cat. Like I still think CJ Stroud's excellent. I think he has a bad day today uh, uh, versus Atlanta, but Tankdale might be the guy that gives him some help. So that's the second wide receiver. I'll give you a Dell, your stash of the week. Yeah, it's a stash of the week. This guy, I mentioned him on my week five fantasy fallout article, which you can catch every Tuesday at postdashgazette.com. And he was only 1.5% owned as of Tuesday. When waivers mm. went through, he's still uh, in that range where he's going to be available in a lot of leagues, especially leagues with shorter benches overall. He's now 28% owned, which isn't super high. So if he's out there, I would definitely try to stash him at the end of my bench over some maybe more veteran wide receivers who put in these middling, mediocre type of performances. And it's going back to Arizona with Michael Wilson. We talked about it already. Now, look, like you could say that last week it was like a his first breakout game. People might call it a fluke game that he scored two touchdowns. And I will say that, look, when you're six foot one, 216 pounds, you're going to make yourself available as a go-to red zone threat, especially with a quarterback who has uh, some mobility 
like we've seen in Josh Dobbs. And I didn't get to touch on this with Josh Dobbs, but just want to bring up the fact that this guy looked good in very limited action last year when he started that one game for Tennessee. And when you look back to 2017, he was a fourth-round draft pick. I just want to read off these numbers from player profile. 88th percentile 40-yard dash for Josh Dobbs, 4.54 40-yard dash, 83rd percentile burst score, 88th percentile agility score. So this guy can move. It's no fluke to that. And I think he's going to run more, which is going to give younger receivers with juice the ability to get open just like Michael Wilson. And teams are going to continue to focus on Marquise Brown as that deep, speedy threat on the outside. So look, uh, Michael Wilson has less targets and less receptions than Marquise Brown. He only has four yards less or two two receiving yards less than, than Marquise Brown does so far this year. He's third on the team in targets, third on receptions. He's catching 87.5% of the targets that have been thrown to him so far, a very reliable kind of intermediate safety blanket. So I think that Michael Wilson's a great stack. I also think he's a high upside flex option in week five against the Cincinnati Bengals secondary that's scaring nobody right now. He's also been steady growth in both targets and, and route and snap share and route share. Like there's been steady growth. They're getting him into this uh, offense slowly. And I think last week was just the beginning of the run for Mike. I'm very angry. I didn't get him in my fantasy league because I wanted him bad. I think you're right there on that. So that's it for the wide receiver position. Let's each give a tight end. Uh, we both did not do well in the tight end position last, last week, but I will say I gave up Pat Frymuth and my guy. Oh, man, I think I injured. it's my fault that he got injured. Okay, Pittsburgh, it's my fault. But let's give out two tight ends. I got one. If you if you steal this tight end, I'm going to be pissed because I think I nailed this one. But who's the well, who, tight who, end who you want to give do, up? Who does do well at picking tight ends on a week-to-week basis in fantasy? Tony? We do. Man. I've done really well on this show picking tight ends. That's why I'm excited about this one. I, hey. I just looked him up. He's TE11 according to the fantasy rankings. I think he's a top-five player at this well, position I'll, based on his uh, based on what we're doing. I would say if you go back to the preseason fantasy favorites tight end, two of the four that I wrote up were Sam Laporta and Jake Ferguson. So I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one if you drafted them early. Stayed away from Kyle Pitts. You know, we could do a whole other Kyle Pitts fantasy show every week if we wanted to here. So, uh, no, in all seriousness, this was a guy I was actually pretty high on last week. Uh, He played in the early game and got hurt. And I believe that he would have easily gone over his receiving yards, Tony. It's the man they call Luke Musgrave. Luke Musgrave, baby. Luke Musgrave. Dude, that hurt me so bad. Del, Del, can we take a timeout? Can we take a timeout? I know we don't want to tell sob stories and and we're talking – Okay, lay it on me, Tony. Lay it on There there may have been some entity out there that said Luke Musgrave would only have three and a half receptions for 29 and a half yards, whatever it may be. And then there might be some host of this podcast that may have picked the over on both of those numbers during that game and may have put on uh, more than a piece of pizza on that. And uh, then when Luke Musgrave gets hurt and he has one catch for one yard and goes out with a concussion, and then his two backup tight ends who don't see the field on passing. I cannot stress this enough. They don't see the field on passing plays, Dell. They ended up both going over the numbers Luke Musgrave would have hit in that game. I was so angry, Dell, that Josiah Degara. And <laughs> I was so angry, man. Anyway, sorry. I had to get that out there. This one hurts. I hope you're right, Dell. I hope you're right. I mean, look, if he's healthy, I think he's going to ball out. This guy's got some juice. He's a talented player. 94, you wouldn't think about it with his, with his big, bulky frame. You know, we're talking about a guy that's six foot six, 253 pounds, and had a 94th percentile speed score, 87th percentile burst score. I love looking at these numbers for rookies because it shows me how much juice they have if they're in the right type of situation here. 
and the Raiders have the seventh worst fantasy defense in terms of opposing tight ends. Now, look, the Chargers tight ends didn't get there last week. You could say part of that was Herbert's hand. Maybe you say part of that is the fact that Gerald Everett's been around for a long time now and is just never showing up when we need him to. I think Musgrave is a different type of talent here. So I like him to stay healthy. Again, you talked about last week that the tight end position in general for Green Bay got the volume we needed. It just wasn't to the right guy because he got hurt. Had one catch for one yard. I think he could have led the team in receiving that half those targets that went to Romeo Dobbs. I know he could have. Luke Musco, Luke Musgrave, whatever you want to call him. I've got him as like tight end seven this week. He's ranked as tight end 16 by the rest of the industry right now. Uh, again, with this is the tight end I'm going to give. He's ranked TE11. I think he finishes way up there. And it's a guy that we've been talking about for a while, that whether it was real or whether it was not. And Dell already gave out his sleeper at the quarterback position. It's Zach Ertz, tight end of the Arizona Cardinals. Let me just read off. Uh, uh, I mean, Tony, okay, let me just. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in now. I'm in, I'm in on Ertz now. Good. Hey, I'm happy you're in on Ertz. I, I had the under I convinced on you. I convinced you on Madison. Now I've convinced you on Ertz. I, I, Ertz listen, is back, baby. I had I had the under on Ertz last week, and he had one catch for seven yards until four minutes left in the game. They went on a junk time drive. He ends the game with five catches for 55 yards. And you know what? He if dropped a touchdown, keep, too. They're going to keep putting him out there over Trey McBride. He's, he's just going to put up enough numbers to matter because the tight end position stinks. So, so go ahead on your Zach Ertz, man. And I do think that last drive was huge because he dropped that touchdown and looked so dejected at the end of it, looked so disappointed in himself. They weren't going to win the game, but they were at least going to try an onside kick and all that other crazy stuff. You never know what's going to happen. He looks so angry that I think he comes back with a vengeance this week. And Cincinnati, your boys in the Bengals' uh, awful orange uniforms. By the way, those all-white uniforms are the ugliest things I've ever seen. You look like Hershey Kisses. Anyway, uh in, in four games, they've let up three touchdowns to the tight end position, and the only game they didn't, Tyler Higby had five catches for 71 yards. They cannot cover tight ends. I'm all aboard the Zach Ertz train. He is the check down guy for Dobbs. He is that last that last read in every single play, and he is open. He's having a great season. Welcome back to the league, Zach Ertz, and I think he has a great week five. I'm all aboard. Dell. Let's go to your defense, the Dells defense of the week. Last year, you did great, kind of. You had the Denver defense, and for three quarters, it was looking bad. But then that end, man, hey, they ended up as defense number nine on the season, and you knew it all along, looking like a genius. Who's the defense this week? First of all, I just will say is that Zach Ertz is second in the NFL in tight end targets through four weeks. Let's go. Let's just, go, Zach. You can't he deny was so bad he was so bad the last two years. I didn't think he had anything left in him, and apparently he does. So was he bad or was Kyler that bad? Respect. Was he, I'm putting some respect on Zach Ertz's was name. He was he bad wrong. or was Kyler and Carson Wentz bad? Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. It could have been both, but, yeah, I, I see your point on that one. But, no, I'm, I'm with you there. No, look, I, there's a couple deep. I, I want to just name a couple that I'm really high on versus consensus this week, and I'm just going to group them together because these are defenses we don't really look at as being – the best in the biz, right? I'm not going to say Washington because they play Thursday night. We're recording this year Thursday afternoon. I've got them ranked number one. Pretty much everyone else has either one or two. However, let's talk again about your boys, the Green Bay freaking Packers, man. Really? I've got the Packers this week ranked as my number five defense overall. The consensus has them as uh, defense number 18. I-, I just frankly don't understand it. Look, I know you can run on the Packers, but – uh, as of today, Thursday, October 5th, Garoppolo is still in concussion protocol. Usually yeah. at this point, like when you're coming back out of that, if you're missing multiple weeks and you're not practicing in full yet, it doesn't bode well for your chance to play. And even if 
even if the game is on a Monday night. And if Aiden O'Connell is in there against that pass rush, I think your boy Rashawn Gary and company are going to get after him. The Chargers defense has been terrible all year, and they put in one of the best DST performances this past week against Las Vegas. And that was without Bosa. I think that the Packers could do that and even more on Monday Night Football. So to me, I'm starting the Packers over the Niners, over the Eagles, over the Cowboys. I got the Packers number five this week, man. I'd love to see it. Go, go, Pack, go. And then your kicker, the the winner, winner, chicken kicker of the week. Last year, you gave out more dinero Pinero, and he was ended up K-13. Pretty good for a guy you're trying to grab out of the out of the nothings here. Who's your kicker of the week? That came, that came with a disclaimer because I said if, if uh, Bryce Young started, we were – but Cameron Dicker, the kicker, didn't wind up doing anything. So uh-huh. he was around the same as Pinero anyway. So I'm going to take the L. I got dropped all the way. I'm now 13th out of 150 kicker rankings. So I got to get back in that top 10. Yeah, we got to get you back there. Uh, Let's talk about a guy that, you know, most weeks I think the offense is going to be more efficient than not in terms of scoring touchdowns. But this week's going to be a pretty tough matchup. I think that either kicker in the game we're talking about between – Arizona and the Bengals. I actually really like Matt Prater a lot. I think Arizona is going to move the ball. And look, my quarterback sleeper is Josh Dobbs. My stash of the week is Michael Wilson. To me, it's just showing that I am buying into what we've seen through a month now of the season that Arizona might go four and 13, but they're going to be competitive. They're going to move the ball and the defense might be terrible, but I'm going to trust in this offense to put up points, to move the chains and I really like Matt Prater a lot. The industry has him as kicker 20 right now. I've got him as the overall kicker 13, so I'm considerably higher on him. I definitely think he's a fringe starter if some of those top options aren't on your waiver wire uh, for week five. That's it for the Steel Town Sleepers for week five, the first of the many bi-week editions of our fantasy show. We're going to go in, get nitty gritty, and try to get you guys to win your league. I thank you again, Mr. Chris Dell. Uh, I'm Tony Squares, and that is it for the Steel Town Sleepers. See you, uh, see you next week. We'll somehow be here again. Peace out.